Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Well, hello, Lori Gorell. How are you today? I am fantastic. How are you, Lori King-Taylor? I am quite wonderful myself, and I'm so excited to be podcasting with you again today. I always enjoy our conversations, and I'm really looking for our conversation today because this is an area that you and I both have talked about that we work with our clients quite a bit on, and so to to really be able to bring this to a general audience and kind of talk about, are you willing to do the work and are you all in? Yes, it is a huge conversation that sometimes we need to have with the clients that whether it's an organizational client or an individual client, they are, they, they ask for the support, but when it comes time to doing the work, because quite honestly, we know coaching, leadership development, it's work. And when it comes to doing the work, we both notice that there are times where they're not doing it. it it's, it's like it's outside of them. It's for other people to do the work not for them to do the work. And I thought it would be great for us to have this discussion so we can help people identify, right? If that's happening in their organization or for themselves, are they all in? Are they in to do the work? It it amazes me that individuals who really do want to be great leaders And they do reach out for support. They reach out for help. They reach out for training. Uh, They even reach out to the people within the organization to find out how they can be a great leader. But then when they realize what it's going to take to move themselves to the next level, you have some people that are all in and you have others that really drag their feet on it. And so I think it would be a a great time to have a conversation about that. One of the pieces as we were talking and and working through this was recognizing that there it all starts with that initial catalyst for change that something has happened that somebody has given them feedback or they recognize that something in their team or their life isn't working so there's that catalyst that says I need support I I want to change so it's like that first shift for someone, right? And it's like this, oh, I'm going to get help. It's almost relief, but it's like that visionary place. It's, this is what it's going to be, but something happens in the, now I have to do something about it. The rubber hits the road part that where there could be a stall. And sometimes it's not always that they've asked for the help, but 
within the organization, their supervisor, their boss has, has seen, like you said, there's a catalyst, there's something that has reared its ugly head and has said, hey, I want you to get some coaching or I want uh, you to get some feedback from the people around you. And so let's talk a little bit about whether it's you requesting or your supervisor requesting. So a lot of times there are different assessments that are used to get the feedback from your team. One assessment that we use 360 degree feedback. So let's explain 360 because, you know, in our world, we talk about it a lot. We use the tool a lot, but not everyone knows what it means. And a 360 is an opportunity for you to self-assess, but also to have supporters or raters that will also weigh in on those very same things. So there's, there's a manager category, there's a peer category, direct reports. One of the assessments that I use even allows for family to weigh in if, if the respondent, the person wants that level of support. I've never had anyone take me up on that one, but it's there. So the 360 is really thinking of it as you're asking for the universe around you to weigh in on where you need development. Another tool that we use to help clients is an emotional intelligence assessment. So we can really go in and this one, uh, the one that I use really goes in and it's, it's, a question that you answer, you go in and do the assessment. It doesn't involve a lot of other people. Now, I do have an EQ 360 that I can use if you want to involve other people, but this one just kind of really gives you an idea of where your strengths and weaknesses are when it comes to emotional intelligence. And I too, I use one that is self-rated and I also have the 360 version and for executives I almost always use the 360 version because I think it's really important for self-awareness that you and I talk about that they get that look at how their team perceives them and so that we can close the gap so for my executives I for emotional intelligence I often use the the 360 version of that as well um, and if Anyone wants to know more about emotional intelligence, if they're just picking us up here, in our very early episodes, we, we go into a lot of different elements of emotional intelligence. And then there are team health assessments where you are assessing the whole team and you're getting feedback from all different team members and what the health is of the overall team. One of the assessments that I love is the five behaviors of a, a team and love seeing, you know, where things fall as far as the team goes with that particular assessment. That's the exact same one that I use for team health and it gets right down to it. I mean, you are weighing in and rating how you feel the team is doing on five key success factors. And I think it, it's a pretty powerful look at where the team stands today so you know where to focus. And then another place that we get our feedback is one-on-one, -on -one. whether it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation 
with our bosses through a performance review or quarterly or six month reviews or whether we're looking to our team and we're saying, hey, guys, you know, I want to be the best leader I can be for you. Help me know how I can serve you better. Right. So that one goes two ways, right? It's you as a leader asking for your team's support and saying, where do, you know, here, we're here together. What can I do better for you? How can I be a better team member for you? And, and again, it can be the opposite way. It can be the leader providing that feedback for someone on their team. So the one-on-one can, can go either direction or both. And having the open mind to hear it, because sometimes, especially in the one-on-ones, I feel the one-on-ones feel most negative and not that they should feel negative, but I think that one-on-one interaction, because it's not within an assessment tool, it's not a debriefing, it's that personal conversation, that eye contact conversation that can make it feel a little bigger. So here's the the kicker with all of this. If you are asking for feedback from other people, you're using a 360 or you're involved in a team health assessment or an EQ or in your one-on-one and you are asking for feedback, how can I be a better leader? Like you said, you need to be willing to hear it, but you also have to do something about it because there's nothing more deflating than to ask for somebody's opinion and ask for somebody's feedback and then totally and completely ignore it. I just was working with a leader um, in the last couple of weeks that in the process of receiving the feedback and, and she got feedback in a couple of different ways, her initial response was everyone wants me to change and and we did a bit of a reframe on that and it's like we asked these questions with the goal in mind in 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 this case they are asked to rate her monthly and we asked because the goal was for you to be a better team member to to the group and we asked, they responded. And it's not them saying, we want you to change who you are. They're saying, we would like for you to interact with us in a different way. And there's a big difference that you have to be willing to take in that difference and see what is there for you to to glean from the feedback you're getting and you're right. We have to be willing to take action on it or we're never going to get that feedback again. And I love not going to be given that opportunity. And I love how you said that to her, where it's not that they want you to change. It's that they want you to communicate and work with them in a different way. And it's much like we've talked in the past when we talked about personality styles. Everybody communicates differently. They receive information differently. They're motivated by different things. It's see me, understand me, and then relate to me how I best receive things. Mm -hmm. And one of the, the outcomes I saw from my particular scenario was 
she really had this realization that she is so very different personality-wise than most of her team members. And she addressed it in, in the next meeting, and I was an observer at the meeting, but she did it in a way that wasn't in their face. It didn't make them feel bad for giving feedback. She really took ownership and said, I recognize I communicate very differently. And so here's some of the ways I think that I can do this a little different and to help me, here's a few things that you can do. And and I loved it because I don't think people often enough ask for what they need. And she very clearly in a very professional way asked for what she needed back to support her. And it was a great two-way dialogue and everyone was really energized after the interaction. Well, that's the best when you have a win-win for both parties. You're giving, you're making the adjustments you need for your team members, and then you're asking back, you're letting your team members know what you need. So now we've, we've done that. We've asked and we've gotten the, we've received the feedback. How, how can we be all in? Well, number one, and I, I know you and I both agree on this is the willingness, the willing being the operative word in, in everything we're talking about today, um, being willing to be vulnerable, right? Because we vulnerable enough to ask and then receive the information back so that we can do something with it, but it really requires vulnerability. It does. The other thing it requires is we really have to be active listeners. You know, there's a difference between hearing and listening. And I tell this to my son on a regular basis. There's a difference (laughs) between hearing me and listening to me, but really actively listening. So when a lot of times when people give us information, we really don't want to hear, we kind of glaze out. We just tune them out. We're not really hearing. We're just letting them talk. So we feel like we're giving them their impression that they're having a voice or we immediately form a defense in our head. So they start talking and we block out the rest because we're too busy forming that defense in our head. And we either interrupt them in the middle of the conversation or we let them finish, but we really haven't heard the full conversation because we're waiting on what we can say in response to it. So really taking a step back and listening and hearing what it is that they're trying to communicate to you and ask questions. And I, and I think this is a great time to plug Amy slash monkey mind, right? Because when we're not listening and we are preparing our defense, it's because our amygdala has been hijacked and we are now listening to all of the doubt and the worry and the negative self-talk rather than listening to the person. So I just wanted to put that plug in there that it's a human reaction that we zone out. So it needs to be a conscious effort to listen even when we don't like what we're hearing so that we can work around the amygdala hijack. Exactly. Go back to that. No, Amy, not today. No, dismiss it. Do that pattern interrupt and then refocus yourself back on the conversation. Of course, I wouldn't recommend saying no, Amy, not today out loud. Out loud. Somebody's trying to give you information. 
<laughs> well, when, you know, we're talking about being all in and what can we do, you know, if we're, we're willing, and I think the next part would be willing to do the work, like we talked about at the beginning, right? We've received it now and we're willing to be vulnerable. We're willing to listen, but really the operative part is the action part of willing to do the actual work. And I believe the first thing that has to happen in order to be willing to do the work is we have to make a mindset, a mind shift change. We really have to be able to, in our minds, know that what we're doing is to benefit us, to benefit the organization. We have to go from that victim mentality of, oh my gosh, everybody is talking so bad about me. They're all wanting me to change to a change maker attitude. And it's that opportunity to just shift the focus of our attention, right? Because if we're focused on victim, we're going to be in that place, oh, they want me to change, poor me, rather than shifting out of that to this is my opportunity, but we have to change the focus of our attention or, or not, right? And be willing to call the game and say, I, I can't go anywhere from here. But it, if, if you've stepped in, being willing to take it to this next level. We also are going to have to invest time because making changes doesn't come easy. We've already set our habits. We are, we've been operating this way probably most of our adult lives, if not our entire lives, you know, our work life, especially. So to make the changes, it doesn't happen overnight. We're not going to decide, okay, I'm going to make all of these. I call it poof magic. Yes. Right. Poof magic. It's magically going to happen that I am way better at all of this now. It does take that, that time commitment. It does. Yeah. There's not magic fairy dust because you have to change the pathways in your brain. You really have to, to readdress how you uh, react to things, how you communicate. And it takes doing it over and you're going to fail. You're going to have times where you're going to slip up and that's okay. It's okay to say, oops, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. And just acknowledging that. And I think people will honor that when you acknowledge, you know what? I just messed up. I didn't address you. I didn't communicate to you the way you had requested. And it, it has just kind of come to me. I'm still working on it. Help me. I'm a work in progress. And that goes right along with being vulnerable, right? When we're willing to say, ah, I slipped up. But you mentioned we might fail, and I'm, I'm sure that you've seen it, and I'm going to share it here, that the using fail as an, an acronym, first attempt in learning, right? It's going to happen. It is. And I, I use failing forward a lot because it's through failing that we actually move forward. And so, but I love that first attempt in learning. Yeah. So the next thing to be willing in this action part is putting forth the effort and consciously doing it. And as you said, you know, it takes time, but it also, it, it takes that um, conscious 
effort, that conscious work to, to do it, that it, it, because it's not the poof magic. So it's making sure that it's concerted conscious effort. It's looking at the things every day, every morning is reviewing, okay, what are the things that I'm working on today? What do I need to be cognizant about today? And because it'll be very easy to put those aside and get into your busy of the day and forget about the things you're working on. So it does take effort and time to just sit down and plan your day and say, okay, I'm really working on these particular issues today. I think a key in saying, are we doing the work? We, we, at this point, we've been willing right, to put in the time, the energy, uh, we, we're listening more, we're being vulnerable, but to what effect? And so there comes a point in time where it's most valuable to reassess, to say, how am I doing? And asking the, the, the same people, the same group of people and the people you're interacting with, am I, am I making the right shifts? Am I doing what I needed to do? Yeah, with the emotional intelligence assessment that I use, we, you know, set a professional development plan, what you're going to work on, we, we establish three goals of what they're going to work on. And then in six months, we run that assessment all over again, you know, so you've been working, you've done the work. And we, I always know, when we run the assessment, I always know, have you done the work? Or have you not done the work? But with any of them is to be able to go back, like you said, and reassess and see where you're at. And the other is understanding that this is a continuous project. You know, we're always working on ourselves. And so you want to continually get feedback from your team, from your people, from your boss. Yeah. So before we go into practical solutions, I really want to hit just a, a quick statement on willing. Um, we keep saying it, but it's we may not know how to do something. We may not want to do something. But if we are nevertheless willing, then magic can, ha- can happen. It absolutely can. And I have seen, and I know you have too, just amazing transformations in teams and leaders who are willing to put in the work. Yeah. All right. So some practical solutions for extraordinary leadership is first identify when there is something that is stuck or broken or just not working uh, with your leadership. Uh, Then gather the data, do assessments, ask your people, ask your team, ask your boss, and then be willing to do the work and be all in. Thank you for today. I, it, it helped me just in talking through this and having your input that always makes me feel so much more well-rounded. You know, I love these because it does bring back to us as well what we need to be doing. Indeed. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. 
If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.